down the road, you'd be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So dream, explore, say yes to life. Be inspired to live life as an exciting adventure of discovery. You are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and I'm your host, Mark Sussman. Everybody, this is Mark Susnell. You're listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, the show that hopefully will inspire you to to do things that maybe you had on the back burner, or for for various reasons maybe you didn't think you could pull it off. But anyway, the person I I, I invited today has a has a methodology so that you can actually use your subconscious power of your mind. To kind of create a uh, to create the life you've always wanted, and her name is Kimberly Friedmutter, and she has a new book out, which is actually called that, the Subconscious Power: Use Your Inner Mind to Create the Life You've Always Wanted. So, it, actually, the subtitle is really what we all want to do. We want to um, create that life, and I was just talking to Kimberly off air, and. Um, She's doing that right now, living the life she's always wanted. So welcome, Kimberly Friedmutter. And you're calling me, you said, from Newport Beach? I am. Mark, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm in Newport Beach right now, beautiful, sunny California, and it's gorgeous out. It is. And I'm in Northern California, and we have a beautiful day here, too. And I love this topic. I I love this. I think I, I shared with you that I used to read a lot of books about Using the power of our mind and 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 visualizations and 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 affirmations and all that kind of stuff and hypnosis and and I see you're you're a, a master a hypnotherapist and also you were you're a, a into NLP, an NLP practitioner. Why don't you share a little bit about how you got into this? How how you had this desire when you started using how you started using the power of your subconscious mind. Well, it, it, it was somewhat well. It was somewhat interesting because I had a radio talk show um, actually in Los Angeles. I don't know if we had gone over that or not, but I it was on the Howard Stern uh, home of Howard Stern station, which was ninety seven point one KLSX uh, FM, and that was the only FM talk station at the time. And so the you know it was Tom Likas and it was all of those guys, and it was very interesting because it was very um, you know crass and fun and playful, but there was an right. undercurrent with my show of learning. <laughs> And so in that, in that continuing, yeah, and in that continuing education, I decided to look into hypnosis uh, because I had been hypnotized many times in the past prior to that. And I couldn't tell you the exact age. I really don't remember what age I was, but I know that I sought it out because there were things that were very wrong with me (laughs) that I wanted fixed. Uh So after, after many things um, and tries to, you know, go to psychotherapy and all of the things and cognitive therapy and all of those, which are wonderful protocols. But for me, I just, 
needed it to really get at the root and just kind of yank a little bit like an old cedar tree where you just burn it out from the root. So I was looking for a deeper source of that connection and I found it that way. So I was intrigued as I started learning more about the protocol. I was intrigued. Why does this work and why did it work like that? So for example, one of the things I went for was stage fright. I couldn't poke my head above the weeds. I was too afraid you can see now that's not my problem. And I really had to get over that to not only have the career I wanted, but to um, be able to get into radio and be, you know, really speak up and state my mind and and really just uh, be a participant in life instead of just a quiet observer too afraid to do anything. And that really was where I was at. I was, you know, I would tremble, my knees would knock together, my hands would sweat. I just, you know, I would hive out, you know, I would get hives and And it was, it was terrifying. And this is when you were in that year doing the Howard Stern show? Well, no, it was prior to that. So because I, I sought out hypnosis and I had the hypnotherapy for that. Now, there's many things. Obviously, it works for, you know, really just about everything. Addiction and all kinds of things. Fears, phobias, um, you know, performance, peak performance. It doesn't always have to be something, you know, that's wrong with you to seek out hypnosis. But for me, it was performance anxiety is what you could uh, really boil it down to. And so in that, I, I loved the way it felt because it was super easy for me as a client. And I, uh, once I found out about it, I thought I just have to make a practice of this. So I did. And then it's been a career decades long. And um, I was actually asked to write the book. HarperCollins reached out and asked me if I'd be open to looking into writing a book. And so by the time it took about a year to get all the the um, participants in place, you know, the agents and all the things you have to do. And so when we went to hand in the proposal, which is an 80-page document to the publisher, the woman who had asked had left. And so the agent said, let's take it on the market and see what we have. And Simon & Schuster purchased the book. They published it out of the same imprint that published the secret if you're familiar with that piece of work and the the whole idea right so the whole idea that what you want is out there and law of attraction is i contend that it's in you and it's in your mind and it's deep in your subconscious where it's been all along ever since you came to this experience so in that that's the part of the mind i want to work on i'm in love with it i feel like everybody should tap into their own everybody has it sometimes women try to try to corner the market on subconscious and intuition and gut and instinct but really we all possess it and it's like having this fabulous piece of machinery on your desk that you just need to plug into and this is the manual to do that you know one thing about about the secret is i think that the one critique of that is that people you know thought okay if i want something all i have to do is really visualize it and feel like it's really happening and and you know it goes back to uh, i used to read um think and grow rich by napoleon hill Mm -hmm. and even that work was modeled after other work and the idea that, okay, but a lot of people find that, that um, it's not quite that easy. And, and so what well, are, what's your feeling about that? You're right. You're absolutely right. And it did get a lot of criticism for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of the things is it felt like it was, you know, to people, it was superficial. It was about things instead of, you know, really quality of life and relationships. Here's the thing is that we all stand on the shoulders of our forefathers, no matter what it is. You know, every single thing is better because of the thing before it. And so the the law of attraction really is working on your subconscious. They just 
more put it that it's out there as opposed to what you're really doing when you imagine it is you are using your subconscious to imagine it. That's exactly what you're doing. And that's exactly where I want you because what I would do then is I would turn up the volume on the sounds. I would brighten up the images of your imagination. I would do all of those things that really supercharges it because here's the thing. You can imagine, now I'm a hypnotherapist for high-performing individuals mostly, and the one thing 100% of the time that those folks who come will say is that their life had reached this point beyond their wildest dreams. There was another element in there, in their life somehow that was another participant in some way, shape, or form that had added to the dream that they even could visualize. So if we stop where we can visualize, I mean, you know, I've got news, I do a lot of charity work and like the the charity event I attended on Sunday for the Ogden Family Foundation, they support in Las Vegas a lot of underprivileged and and in-need families. And so those folks, God bless them, cannot imagine what I might be able to imagine or what someone else may not be able to imagine or vice versa. And so here's the thing is that I want what the universe has for you. I don't want necessarily just what you can imagine and limited at that. And every single high-performing professional that I have seen, honest to God, has all come full circle and said that they couldn't have had without this outside source, this something, whether it was an overall belief, whatever that was. And that's kind of where we touch on neurolinguistics. So NLP is neurolinguistics program, how the brain reacts to what you think and how what you think reacts to what your brain is thinking. So it's all this loop. And when you connect the dots on that, the magic that can happen is beyond, beyond, beyond. You, you know who's connected. You know, you, you all have a friend that, like, just everything they touch seems to be the Midas touch, right? And then we all have the friend that nothing they touch can, can hold together, right. you know, unfortunately. And I call that drought where they're just always in lack or there's always this vulnerability that they can't seem to get past. There's three types so what of was drought. The there's, you, uh, what, was the, what was the word that you called that? Drought. So like like lack, like lack of drought, like Uh like if you were dry drought, um, like the Sahara. So there's drought. So Uh drought is drought is lack the lack of ability to even help yourself. Severe, severe drought, you know, of course, is, um, you know, habitual and a problem. But what I was going to say right. is there's three types. There's passing drought, which you just have the, the bad day or the bad week. You know, I call it herinado if you have a bad day or you, you have a fender bender or something that's situational. Right. Then there's lingering drought, which could be another situational thing, a job loss or a divorce. And, of course, you're going to be in a right. funk for a longer period of time. And then habitual drought, which is where you just can't get out of your own way. It's become your nature. But I have news for those folks is that it's never our right. nature to be in lack ever and so of, those are I, yeah i kind of please. think of that a little bit like a core beliefs yes you know, core beliefs that really yeah. run our lives i guess the question is, is is where you come in is how do you how do you change those basic core beliefs like like this person you're right there's one person that hey the world is great everything works out for them they don't really sweat the things too much and then there's the mm-hmm. other person that just has this expectation that things aren't going to work out. How do you go about? And I know one of your mantras in your work is 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 accept is it accept the exceptional. And, and how do you so yeah. how do you yeah how do you how do you go about? And 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 I know your book addresses this. Is, mm-hmm. is how do you go about really changing somebody's basically core beliefs? 
So when, when someone has, let's just call it a negative core belief, it's built on false beliefs because the, the mind, so that we're two-minded. We have our conscious and we have our subconscious. So the conscious is how we right. go about our tasks during the day and how we take our appointments and make phone calls. The subconscious is the deeper work. The subconscious is your immune system. It's your thoughts. It's your emotions. It's your habits. It's your attitudes. So that's why I want to work in that space because that space is where the real change happens. So if someone has a negative core belief, the first thing I look at is I say, so what do you believe? You know, what, what is it that you think about the world? What's your map of the world? And it's always, always, always 100% based on false beliefs, information that is no longer true. Now, this could be information that your parents told you. You're short. You'll never be tall. You're tall. You'll never be right. short. You've got the, you know, you're poor. You'll never be wealthy. You're wealthy. You'll never be this. You know, it's all of those things that we hear. It's things that we pick up along the way, you know, like, um, like the little sucky fish that grab onto the bigger fish and eat the barnacles off. It's like that, you know, free right. ride information, things that aren't true. You know, it can even be generational things, you know, millennials, this, that, and the other things that just aren't true. And what happens if you don't start judging for yourself, those things that are true or not true, then it starts to bog you down. And you literally, it's almost like, it's almost like hoarding and clutter. You know how hoarding and clutter, all of a sudden you're just covered up in stuff. Well, that stuff to the mind is negative attitudes. And pretty soon you just don't feel like you can dig out. I show you how to do that because here's the thing perspective is everything. Let's take weight loss, for example, right now, because it's getting to be summer, you know, a lot of people are coming for weight loss. So let's look at that. So weight loss is simply eating right. Okay. So whatever that is that you think, we all know the physics of it. If you eat less, you'll lose some weight. If you eat better foods, you'll lose some weight. But I contend, what if you wanted to? Because the reason people steer away from diet so they fail... Well, no, but what if you wanted to eat those things? What if you wanted to eat the things that were good for you? What if that appealed to you? Like, let's just say a pharmaceutical company came out with a pill and they said, if you take this pill, you are going to want to eat salad. You're going to want to eat greens. You're going to want to eat every healthy food that biologically is healthy for a human being. Everybody would want that pill because that's the, that's the catch is that people are doing it, but they don't want to. Hypnosis changes your, your perspective on that thing. So for example, an away from response for an addict that say, say an alcoholic, for example, an away from response would be appropriate for them on alcohol. So you would then make it, you know, the mind believe and that perspective believe that the alcohol was not the thing to go for. So if you're given a choice of water or alcohol, you have them go for the water. So that becomes then the anchor and the trigger to that and the away from response to the alcohol. You follow? So everything is just yeah. perspective. So your perspective on something is changes your mind on it. I mean, it's so, so simple. It's so simple, in fact, that advertisers use it on us all the time. So I, I laugh because they're using our subconscious more than we are. So in the flashy images they're and master. the colorways and, oh, my goodness, of course. And anyone who takes a basic advertising class learns all of this. Do you remember back in the day when they, they illegalized um, the use of, like, every few frames in the movie theater? They would put, like, um, a thing of popcorn or a thing of Coca-Cola or whatever they would put so that people would right. be, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and so it, right. was, it had gotten so bad, subliminal images, right? And that's for your subconscious. And so I say, let's take it back. Like, like let's own our own information so you at least know what's happening. 
And then another thing is people all dream, you know, and you have your dreams. You can talk back to things in your dreams, you know, if you can't see what it is and it's confusing to you, just ask, what are you? Come closer. You know, turn the lights on. I want to see you better. Come closer so I can see you. Things like that. So your mind is your mind. And we forget sometimes that we own that and that we can control that. 100% natural, 100% organic, 100% sustainable, and 100% private if you choose to keep it that way. You know, it's really the most fascinating thing. So just plugging into it really changes the trajectory of your life because everybody else is using it. You know, even your folks, unbeknownst to them, when you were little, used it. You know, they'd say, Mark, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, that's an input. They're putting in information that then maybe you take – you know, into your adulthood and you believe it's true. And then you marry a beautiful woman and she says, oh, Mark, no, 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 honey, that's not true. You know, look at you. You're amazing. This is great. Da, 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 whatever. But she's re-hypnotizing you. I could say, who's your hypnotist, right? The five, your five type uh, top priorities on a list of paper for me. And that would be your hypnotist. Those five things. Do you like shiny cars? Do you like um, reading material? You know, it can be anything. Do you like fishing, golf? What are those things that really light you up? Those things are your hypnotists. They have control over your pleasure. It's a beautiful thing when you are using your own machinery for your own good. Wow. So one thing I, I <laughs> wanted to, to have you expand on that is is to, I'm, I'm looking at the information your publicist sent, and you talk about demystifying uh, your proven self-empowerment program and its six core principles. Could you talk a little bit about the the uh, six core principles of your self-empowerment sure. program? Sure. So the the first is taking accountability. And so being in accountability is just recognizing where you are. It's It's less of a Thing. Accountability, it, you know, sounds like a like a very used and overused at times word. But what what it really is is where am I? Taking stock. Where am I now? What are my you know warts and all? What are my what are the things I'd like to work on? Who am I? And who do I really want to be? It's like in maps when you put a when you put a pen in that place that you're headed, and she so easily says to you, "Okay, turn right, turn left." And then if you make a mistake. She says, you know, your nearest U-turn. I mean, we're very, we're very good with guided directions. Let's do that with ourselves so that here I am now. You are here. That's number one. The second is to tap into your subconscious. So just like any muscle, the more you use it, the, the chances are the stronger the ability will be to connect it and connect to it and quicker. Because, for example, so let's test this. I like to test everything I say twice. <laughs> so let's just say okay. that you are that, that you can remember a time when you had an instinct on something and you went against it. And you might have said, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I could feel it, I knew it, and I did the other thing anyway, Right. So that is not tapping into your subconscious, but it's also an awareness that it exists, right? Because we have all kinds of people that will read this book. It was actually number one on Amazon uh, bestseller and number one Amazon new release three days after its publication. Let me just tell our audience again about your book. Uh, we're listening to the Inspire Possibility Show. Kimberly Friedmutter is our guest. She's the author of Subconscious Power, Use Your Inner Mind to Create the Life You've Always Wanted. And and you were just saying that people can get your book on, on Amazon? Yes. So it's available at nation, uh, nationwide at retailers everywhere and online everywhere. But it was the third day out of publication. And this is simply to say people – 
people really do love to gravitate toward information about how to make their life better. And, and really, when I just say you already have it, you came into this experience great. This is nothing that I'm giving you other than just this manual to tap into it, which is uh, principle number two. But Amazon, it was number one new release and number one bestseller in its category the third day out of publication, and that was um, April 9th. So it was, it's just one of those fascinating things. I'm glad people are grabbing it because it's so, so helpful. It just gives you a thousand less things to do, like not one more thing to have to do, but a thousand less right. things to do. So we, but anyway, so the second, the second, um, the second principle is tapping into the subconscious. So this simply is when you know what part of you that is, your gut feelings, your instincts, your intuition, all of that, and you start to behave accordingly. So taking that as a trial run out, you'd say, okay, the next time I have an instinct hit or a gut feeling, I'm going to go with it and I'm going to see if that works out for me or doesn't work out for me. The, the stats say that you go with your gut, it works out for you. Because here's the thing, we have this broader knowledge than our conscious mind can comprehend. And that's what I want on my team. I want, you know how with drones now, it's so beautiful because you lift up a drone and you can see so far and so wide. That's the participation of the subconscious. It already has the information. And so much so that one of the little fun exercises I do when I speak with people in person is I hand them an envelope and I put a picture inside that envelope. So it could be a, it's a tear sheet from a magazine. So it could be an avocado. It could be a car. It could be a tree. It could be anything. And I close the envelope, seal it up, and I give them a marker. And I say, just connect with that envelope. And I want you to draw on the outside of it what you feel. You might write the word yellow. You might uh, draw some lines that are vertical or check marks or flowers or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. You might list some adjectives. Um, you might just draw shapes that don't have a shape. And when you open up that envelope and you physically see the impressions that your subconscious was getting from something that your eyes could not physically see, it is remarkable. It's considered remote viewing, which is further down the road of this practice, but it's so fantastic because you can gain impressions subconsciously from things that you don't have access to, to match imagery. I mean, that's how powerful we are. So we certainly can follow our gut instinct when it's when it's you know whispering or poking you in the shoulder saying do this do this Which turn I right think, turn left. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for a lot of people to do that because you know they we're so much now in information society, especially with the internet. I mean, it's like you know you can well the internet anything has you want to believe, on our mind. Yeah, yeah it, but it, the it, internet it, has nothing on our mind. Let me tell you, it's the closest next thing to our mind, to our subconscious. But also, and, and this shows up in another way, Mark, is that when you hear people say, um, oh, this, this tech, whatever tech it is, this tech is very intuitive. Oh, this is very intuitive. Or this is counterintuitive. They're already going back to this powerful machine we have, which no one will be able to replicate. I mean, it, it, is so, it is so intelligent that tapping into that is the most beautiful thing you can do. The third principle is do you move toward or away? What is your orientation? Are you one of these people, Mark, that might move toward things that you like and away from things that you dislike? Or are you always running away from what you don't like and flailing towards what you do like? So knowing that trajectory helps us kind of chart. And when readers read this, you'll, you'll know who you are. If you move away from things when it's explained to you, you'll go, oh, so I see why one, I always end up. So the third one again, move, say that again. 
do you move toward or away? So when you move toward or away from a thing, what's your trajectory? What's your orientation? Are you always looking behind you leaving something or are you moving toward those things that you, that you want or desire? The next principle is judge thyself and thy neighbor. Now, this one gets sticky because in our PC society, everybody's afraid of judgment. I say we judge too little. We do it anyway, so let's just admit it. So I don't mean about if I think you look good in your outfit. I mean judging for your survival. Who's good for you? Who's not good for you? I teach you how to do this by merely shaking someone's hand or being in close proximity to them. You can feel the energetic congruence of people. Yeah, I I kind of always, that always thing about judging, right? People, you're right, have a a big phobia about, oh, you're judging. But there's Mm -hmm. also a thing about making decisions, and I think, what you're talking about maybe is a little bit about making a decision, right? So and a decision. also, right. The judge, I mean, we judge ourselves is the problem is that we, you know, part of the reason that, you know, in the very beginning we, t- we talked about changing someone's impression on themselves. And I think we're, you know, I talk about this a lot in my work is that we're, mm-hmm. we're so hard on ourselves. I mean, we, we just, I mean, we would never talk to a friend the way we talk to ourselves. And, so I think, but sometimes we have to make True. decisions, and and I think that's well, maybe. right. But the first thing that the subconscious does is the subconscious is for your survival. That's the prime directive. So it it's its whole uh, map is charted for your survival and your ecology, your well-being, your agency. And so when you approach everything of from this survival standpoint, then you really start to learn who's undermining me, who isn't. You might want to retrofit some relationships. It's really powerful because the judgment, the judgment isn't like the judgment. It's more like Judge Judy judgment. I don't know if you watch Judge Judy, but it's fascinating because no. the reason we're so in love well, the reason we're so in love with with a show based on a case like that, and you know, she knocks those out in record time and order, is because we want to see who practiced good judgment, who didn't, and you know, she'll hurl her body across her her podium there and say, you know, you moron and this and that. And really she means it because they didn't exercise good judgment. That really is what the cases end up being about is did you exercise good judgment? Because you are like one of my one of my um, kind of, I guess, mantras is give yourself permission. No one else will. So once you become about you, and I, I implore people, please become more selfish because I need you to be selfish so that you can focus on you. I'll focus on me and I'll be selfish. And then I want this one over there to focus on them and so on and so forth so that we can all just get straight with this. Because the most powerful machine we have, we really aren't plugging in and even using. It's just gathering dust, I feel like. And then the next principle is give to get, another sticky one. You know, people like to feel, oh, no, not me, especially women. I feel like we're so guilty of this. Oh, no, I'm fine. It's my birthday, but I don't really need anything. It's okay. I'm fine. And I don't always mean just the giving like that and getting like that. I mean that give to get is an energetic loop. Even the plant that, you know, if you garden at all, you have a tomato plant and the the tomato ripens and it falls off the vine and it dies. And it dies even giving to the plant that's now, you know, coming in and those new tomatoes coming in. So even in his death, it gives. Giving and getting are a natural loop of the universe. It's just the way it works. 
right? So what's, what's new, even us, what's new comes up, we give to, you know, the young ones, and then we go and then they give to the young, you know, it's all this cycle. And this giving to get is really powerful when you get it, when you understand that, like in your line of work, I'm sure that you have people approach you all the time, and they have things that they want from you, right? And there needs to be a get for you in order for you to really energetically be involved in it. And even in philanthropy, like the get, the first get is you get to feel good. And that is a get. The second get, the government gives you. So if you donate money to a charity, we all know that the government gives you a tax break on those dollars. And so even the government recognizes that there needs to be a give to get. I mean, it's just, it's a simple, basic, even in the book, it's, it's really fun because I talk about these chimpanzees and these studies that they did, and it's fascinating. Animals get this principle better than Jimmy, we do. Let me do this. Yeah, I want to like, I'd like to, you know, get the last one in, but we're running out yeah. of time, and there, and there are a few things I'd like to ask all my guests. What, what, sure. um, what inspires you right now? Right now, it would be that, and this is sounds so simple, but that people are getting this. When I'm getting emails about the joy and the, the, I guess, metamorphosis that's occurring from the book, that's inspiring to me. It's inspiring me to literally put pen to paper and start writing the next. I'm loving that it's, that it's happening because when you put something out in love and you put something out in intention, you don't know, you know, you really don't know until people have it in their hands. Labor love in the beginning. Yeah, it's a labor of love, but but the fact that it's that it's working and helping people makes me really that people are receiving it. That I guess is the greatest inspiration of all right now. Thank you for asking. Uh huh. And and what what gives you hope? The same. The same. You know, I I feel like we're driving on this highway and the more people that are up to speed with this, the sooner, because here's the thing. It's, you know, how there's a beginning to everything. There's a genesis. This is the genesis to happy. And I mean that because look, anxiety, depression, addiction, pill taking, the opioid crisis, sickness, disease. It's like the impetus for all things. And that, to me, is hopeful. And when I get, you know, I, I have a private practice, and so I get, you know, texts and emails daily and multiple times a day. And as I see these people really, really starting to emerge, it's my greatest pleasure. I mean, it literally brings tears to my eyes. It feels inspiring. It feels hopeful. It feels, uh, yes, gratification, but more, I guess, hopeful. So that would be the same answer. Well, I feel like it's kind of the right. same. So um, I was thank. Now I'm thankful, right? I'm thankful. I was hopeful that we'd have a great conversation, and I'm thankful that we did. And I want to thank you, Kimberly <laughs> Friedmutter. How's that, right? For, I love it. Uh, I, I adore guests. you. You're great. <laughs> and and um, and people get a copy of her book. Just go on Amazon. Subconscious power. Use your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. And you can contact Kimberly directly. And, and talk to her about the work she does. Yeah, so KimberlyFriedman.com. In the meantime, to you all out there, next week we're going to have another great guest. And in the meantime, journey on. Thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to take the next step in your life. 
And if you haven't already, please take the time to visit my website at inspirepossibility.com and discover the various services and products we offer that could just very well change your life. Thank you.